All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Daddy long that gang. And shout out to Red Light Crew. Hey, you're one of 12 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. Yeah, you know what? To define that uh, uh, better, um, I think the key there is... uh, Daryl Cat, Daryl Cat, Daryl Cat, Daryl Cat. I just lost my trend of thought. That will absolutely never get old. Episode 128 Nation, Real Life, Tyler Rumchuk, along with Wanye, Jay, Bagged Milk. We're down a man. No Chalmers again. Second week in a row. Is he Lazy. injured reserve? No, Lazy. he's in Toronto with his family on a trip. Did we put him on LTIR to save the cap space? Yes. <laughs> we freed up space so we can go after somebody else. He's, he's interviewing in Toronto for Real Life Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> And checking out their uh, junior hockey system. It's the courting period for Chalmers, I suppose. Um, Free agency hit July 1 yesterday. It's over. It's done. And the Oilers didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I'm just getting right into it. No small talk. I like it. Down to business. Episode 143, JK. (laughs) 124. You made it seem like they went out and did nothing. Like it's a negative. I think Uncle Ken went out there and protected uh, us from ourselves. Yeah. I, I tend to actually agree with that. I think so many mistakes are made on July 1st, and I have some more points on that to get to later. But I think if you can come out of it and say, you know what, we didn't commit over $5 million to anyone on a long-term deal, you probably came out all right. Value contracts aren't July, July 1st. Now, having said that, some areas where I'm rattled uh, is, you know, I like you saw the price tag for uh, Burakoski. Yeah. What Colorado pay like that? We, Colin Miller was another one. And Colin Eric Miller. Eric Halla. Eric Halla really hurt me. He's 2.65. Would have been oh. a dream fit on that third line. Yeah, role. like that. that's that's where I'm a little bit irked. But just for talking about free agency, I think uh, kind of hearing what uh, Gregor had a good article uh, 
this morning. Or Great articles. Just saying about how he was focusing on quantity and and, and filling the gaps and uh, getting a little bit additional scoring depth on the, in the bottom six, I thought is a great way to look at you know slowly trying to fix this this mess. I think that as Oilers fans and you know we're we're very guilty around the table sitting around the table of this is we want a big splash right we were like you know what we've paid our dues mm-hmm. we sat through another year of shit although the last year wasn't shit and neither was the year before that nor any year of Connor's career. But we want something big to happen. And that's when the Oilers have bamboozled themselves. That's when they picked up, uh, well, Lucic was a was a free agent. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. When was the last time you came out of July 1st for the Oilers? And Pronger, Pekka, like, Pronger, Pronger Pekka. Pronger Pekka. Pronger Pekka. Pronger Pekka. Yeah. Okay, uh, but it was probably Lucic, right? That was probably the last time you came out of July 1st. And we're like, yes, the Oilers were winners of the day. Although a lot of people knew that contract would be bad towards the end. Probably didn't think it was going to be this bad early. But... I think Lucic was the last time there was like excitement around the fan base. I was excited when they signed Sekra. Yeah, I was that was too. exciting. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. right, he was a bona fide he, top. Parent. He was he was high on the uh, on the free agent list, and we got him. Ferrets, uh, so I was Jack. That felt good. <laughs> I legit when he arrived. Yeah, it was like the hometown boy. I was excited when he tweeted the photo of him as a the kid in New Orleans. Yeah, yes, like, that, was, like that. Like that. That was that, all that, in. That hit me in the feels. Like Dallas Eakins, that was all in. Gaten Haas doesn't do it for you. I want you to read that paragraph in the Gregor article on OilersNation.org, and I want you to go through the list of people where he's like, is Cooper Marodi the answer? Is Yikity Yak the answer? And for each of them, I will tell you preemptively it's no. But read that paragraph. It was very disheartening. If this is the depth that we're trying to bring in here, it is not going to be a slow climb. It will be rather a slow climb out of the hole. Well, I think kind of what the Oilers are doing here, they could have went out and thrown four by four at someone like Brett Connolly, right? Where you're trying to get that 20 goal score. I use this analogy on Oilers Nation Radio. Instead of just going out and paying for the one guy that you're hoping is that big ticket winner, they went and got a bunch of $2 scratch tickets here. Granlund is a low end scratch ticket, and they're just hoping one of these is a $20 winner, right? They took a bunch of low end bets. Another chase on, but then you're also hoping chase on is chase on again. And you're just looking to double up yeah, on yeah. Chase on. Now we're paying I, Chase on to be Chase on, and now we could this we create a situation where we hate Chase on because he didn't get 22 goals again. Yeah, Chase on needs to be Chase on, but then we also need one of Granlund or Nygaard to be Chase on. And Gaetan Haas. And Gaetan Haas. Let's needs rewind to- though. So, do you have a system for playing scratch lotto, Ram Truck? That you want to discuss? It sounds to me like you buy a bunch of twos, <laughs> and you hope for a twenty. Do you have a, some sort of betting system you'd like to share? No, with I your think class? that's something with a gambling problem. Some, you know, <laughs> I, what I do see is I scratch them all fast. I, I don't mind Granlin. I think I think that's a worthwhile recovery project. I think there is some level of player there. Is he going to get thirty goals? Probably no. not. But he could be a twenty goal guy. Hey, when he played alongside the Sedins, he put up 19 goals in kind of that 60-game stretch there. That's really productive. I mean, granted, the Oilers don't have... I mean, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins isn't Daniel and Henrik Sedin, but hey, I, I agree. I think he could click with Ryan Nugent-Hopkins on that second line, and we could be looking at him. I don't think he'll do it for 82 games, but there might be a couple of really nice 10-15 game stretches. At the end of the year, you might be looking at Granlund as a guy who got you 15 goals. Yeah, give, give him a chance. The like, depth covered is so bare for depth scoring that anybody basically lacing up their skates for 82 consecutive games can replace Toby Reader's zero goals, right? Yeah, and I mean, Bob Nicholson said it, and as much as it was like uh, it got mocked, he said if Toby Reader was scored 15 goals, we all know, right? The Oilers would have made the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But I know the, what he was trying to say. What he was trying to say was if they could have had one or two depth guys just reach what we thought their floor was coming into the year, 
20 goals between two guys in the bottom six goes a really long way in helping you win those hockey games. And think about how many games there were where it was, oh, McDavid and Drysaddle each had three points and the Oilers lost 4-3. Or McDavid and Drysaddle took the night off, but the goaltending played great and you lost 2-1. But then we trade Drake Kajula, who's actually scoring and he's a depth guy. But yeah, but that's just Shirelli being was Shirelli, right? I don't think Kenny Holland makes those moves. Uncle Ken's on our team. I actually think after yesterday seeing that press conference, I truly believe he has Oilers fans and the organization in his best interests. I actually do. Yeah, and I, I agree with you as well. He knows how to talk to the fan base. The one thing I also liked as an aside was when he dunked on Terry Jones. And Terry Jones goes, so your first off season in the fishbowl market. And Ken was like, well, Detroit was a fishbowl too. And then it was just kind of awkward for a few seconds. That was great. I really liked that Kenny Holland had a couple buttons unpopped and showing off his little well, thin chain. So we're sitting there, <laughs> first of all, thin cool gold chain Ken. means I fuck. That's either here or there. We were trying to figure out during the press conference if his right lapel in his suit jacket was tucked underneath his jacket yeah. or if it was on top. I'm pretty sure. I'll- <laughs> Boy, Oilers fans, nothing gets past us. His one lapel, was I, I'm positive, was tucked underneath. His coat. That shit might fly in Detroit Rock City, Kenny Holland. That don't. Pay and then he here. also mentioned once we were having that conversation, he had mentioned Mike Smith and Tippett worked together in Dallas and not Arizona. And I was like, oh, oh. did they work together in Dallas? No. Well, Mike Smith was there. Yeah, I think there actually might have been crossover in their time in Dallas as well as Arizona. Oh, like, I think shit. Smith and Tippett. Maybe Lopel was. Maybe Lopel was on the uh, right oh, side. Oh my god, Ken Holland's playing chess. I like. I, Kenny well, that's the thing. I'm so. I this and I've been conditioned to this. I'm here to try to fucking look at all the warts. I'm trying to find the warts. You know what, Uncle Ken? You're gonna get a free pass because yesterday you stood up, but I actually thought you were defending me. So. No I like how he him. talks, man. I like that he's letting us in on the Oilers for, for as long as I can remember have kept their secret plans so secret that you no one's privy to anything and nothing works out. Mm-hmm. So it's doubly frustrating because mm-hmm. you don't know what they were trying to do. You're like, if you'd presented the way that you discussed, you know, if two of our role scorers reached 20 goals were mm-hmm. totally different rather than the ham-fisted way that they tried to break that news to us. If you'd said it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, I see what they're trying to do. But, like, they don't – by trying to be so closed door with everything, they end up just screwing themselves over. I think Holland coming out and, like, being fairly accountable and fairly and transparent, transparent yeah. I know what he's trying to do. Yeah. And to your point earlier about, you know, we want the sexy winger to – we want the Milan Lucci to get scored every – or just get signed every year. And I understand that. But sometimes you just have to go for quantity on the low end, like Gregor was saying in his article today, right? Yeah. We've I, seen it. I 100% agree. Also, Mike Smith and Dave Tibbet spent two years together in Dallas oh, as well as Arizona. So. All right. Hey, I will never I will never question <laughs> anything or or criticize how a suit jacket is being worn by Ken Holland ever again. He still talks as though the Oilers are they, which I think is just the newness of the job. And he's yeah. like a red wing down to his bones until recently. I think that'll kind of take almost a year, right? Yeah. Like he needs to kind of watch the team. You get you don't really get emotionally yeah. invested probably until you see the product on the ice and all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gregor had interesting points in his article. Again, going back to Gregor's article though, about how uh, what the fuck? Oh, I just spaced. Son of a bitch! You do this in a podcast. What was Gregor saying about how? Oh, he kept saying, "I know, I know, I know." So yeah. we need this. I, I know. We need this. I know. That's accountability, man. Before the audience would be like, "No, we don't." Wouldn't even answer the question. Well, remember when Shirelli would get asked about a top four defenseman, and he'd just be like, "Well, those are hard to acquire, you know." And Holland actually comes out and is like, "Well, yeah, we do need one, but I'm doing my best here, right?" And I and I, I agree with you. I think 
Oilers fans appreciate that more than someone who's going to stand there and just be like, I'm smarter than you, and this is why. And by the way, we're in last place. Yeah. I also like what he said about Jesse Pugliarvi. I don't know if old Jesse... Yessa. Yeah, sorry, Yessa. Picked a fight with the wrong man here. If yeah. this was Shirelli, you know he would have been gone either at the draft for a third-round yep. pick or yesterday for a fifth-round pick. And the Oilers like would have signed some dipshit yesterday. Absolutely. I honestly think, like, this was... As much as we want to see activity made, I think that standing pat to some degree, Mike Smith, I don't know. It's weird that Talbot plays for the fucking Flames and Smith's an oiler, but it's not the end of days. We've seen things go out the window during this period, and guys like Nikita Nikkinen getting signed. Yeah, like, I think... I don't, I don't. I don't think any mistakes have been made yet, and I think... We, we made some bets, some cheap bets that I think that could only really benefit us because it can't get any worse. And he said he's not done. And he's not done. It could done. get worse. Connor could go. Yeah, yeah but I'm just ba- like like based on what he's done so far. Like, like Connor's still here, so that, that's we're good. Thank God. So hopefully he delivers and makes the playoffs for him and keeps him happy. But uh, I think the stuff, like, it looks like. The, the bets we're making, except for, Ga- I, I know nothing about Gaetan Haas. Like, that to me just knows, why. Gaetan Haas knows nothing about Gaetan Haas. That just sounds weird to me. Like, a 27-year-old guy who's playing, like, one of the low, like, like when he plays in the Swiss League. Yeah. Right? If you if you go, like, KHL, SHL. Then, like, probably Liga and Liga, Swiss League. Are like and then there. Swiss League. Yeah, AAA, like, Bantam, CAC. So, to sign a guy to, an, like, to a pro, like, a one-way contract, yeah. essentially, right? But you know what's going to be great? Gene Principe is going to have a wealth of material with Gaetan oh, yeah. Haas. Yeah. That's what I care about. I don't care about how he produces on the third or fourth. He's time. in the Haas? I care right. about Gaetan Haas. What's some puns? Oh, buddy, we were, do- we, were doing, uh, we were doing puns today on the Nation account on Twitter. It was and fantastic. The, the Nation stepped up in a big way, Good. such as yeah. Winnipeg has no airport. We're going all over the place. Double it's joke. getting Haas in here. Oh, Haas, no hair problems. I got it. Throw him back to Nelly back in the early 2000s. That's, that's going to be his goal song. That, that's that, the show. Yeah, it's Nielsen Gaetan was Haas talking about that. It's Gaetan Haas in here. Oh, shit. Like yeah. the Nelly song. Oh, it, oh that one's going to be good. He kills us. Hasta, Hasta La Vista writes itself. What a hassle. The Haas potential. Ice to see you. No, nothing? Okay. <laughs> Haas, you ever been to Canada before? And... Fun fact, he played with former Oiler Marco Bello last year. Well, I think they that ain't a co-sign. I don't know what is. <laughs> they should have brought back Marco Bello to see if those two could spark their chemistry. Can they reignite the their Swiss league? Yeah, he should. Like, yeah. No. It's actually not a bad idea. No, it is a bad idea. It is. It's a very, very bad cool idea. Mark, Mark Marco Bello time. And now it's at the point, like, I don't, no more low-end tickets. Maybe, like, if the Oilers find a guy on a PTO uh, come on, September. you love them scratch tickets. Come on. But, okay, we're system. getting to the point, though, where you can't fit any more in. It's jammed full. Yeah. Of scratch tickets? Oh, yeah, no, the, yes. the covers are full. Are we gonna, Are we bringing back Scotty Upshaw on another PTO? Why not? I heard it that he actually wants to. Did he play last year? No, no, no. he had to have surgery. He didn't pass the medical and to get surgery, but he's been training and he's probably going to try to go and get a PTO. And I, he says he actually wants to try to end in Edmonton. Sure. Well, I was talking, camp, son. I was talking to uh, Brock Sagan from Daily Faceoff today, who is a Wings fan, and he said one of the things Ken Holland likes to do is pack his bottom six with guys and let them sort it out in training camp. And then people will hit the waiver wires and get punted for nothing. That's kind of his play. Cool. He likes Wait, a volume play. He, he, he said that. He's like, let's create some competition to camp. Let's get these guys fighting for jobs, which I like. We want people fighting for yeah. jobs. Absolutely. The only players in that forward group that should be coming into camp next year going, well, I'm going to be here opening night are Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Leon Dreisaitl. 
No other forward should think they have a job here in the slightest. Who else? Zach Cassian was trying to find any team to take him for free last November. He can't forget that. Just because he got hot for six weeks at the end of the regular season doesn't mean shit now. It's a new you coach. It's a new GM. Haas last year? Well, Haas is another guy who should probably watch it. But um, like all, all of those guys, I don't think you can name me. Even Alex- that is a shocking condemnation of the program. We're like, well, three guys are good. The rest, <laughs> Like, okay, maybe Chase on because he just got a new deal and he's a reliable vet. But other than those two, Sam Gagne could just as easily see Sam his Gagne. ass hit the waiver wire. <laughs> Why well, you gating on his case? Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I really, I, I like Gagne back on the squad. I do. Me for, too. I, I don't like his contract, but I think he's a good guy in the room. And for a team that was lacking culture, and now we have a guy who I actually think is going to try to implement some and actually knows what it is if you ask him. Um, it's good that he's here. What about my dog Yamamoto? Because he got so, hurt. Well, he's going to. Well, but here's the thing. That we now Ken Holland's created a situation where he's got to work his fucking ass off to earn the opportunity with the big club, or he stays in the AHL. Either way, that's a good thing for Yamamoto. I think with Holland here, this like reverse exodus of everybody coming into the Oilers at 19 is finally going to end. And when uh, Nicholson was like, "You got to do it like Kenny Holland does and overwrite your players," which by definition is incorrect, I think that's actually going to start happening. Yep, we're not going to be pushing. Yes, Puliyarvi, if he was drafted this year, yep. would not have come to the NHL as fast as he did under Ken Holland as he did under Ken. He would have been back in Finland under Ken Holland. I think we've all kind of, oh, we yeah. all kind of know that. And I love the iron pants Ken Holland is uh, wearing. I'm starting to, I'm starting to grow a little resentment towards Puliarvi, even though I fucking want to love that Me kid. Too. But now it's just like, yeah, you know what? Like you, like, yes, yes, as a decision to make. Like, I like that. Like, sure, go to Europe. But, but I think, when you're when you're Ken Holland's age and you've seen as many players as you have, Puliyarvi's just like Yak. Puliyarvi is gifted and doesn't have his head screwed on straight. He's experiencing culture shock. He's halfway around the world from where he's home. Neither of those guys in their twilight of their years or their careers are going to be like that went great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Puliyarvi getting mad at him, like he just doesn't know any better, man. He's an idiot, and I mean it in the nicest yeah, way yeah, possible. Yeah. These guys aren't sentient beings at 20 capable yeah. of making good decisions. Yeah. That's why the organization has to go out of its way to help the Yakupovs and the Yessies so that we don't have only three forwards that are yeah. good. Well, it's 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 on it's on Ken Holland to make it very apparent to you, Yessa Poliarvi, that his best option is to work his ass off and try to make the team the fucking but right yes, way. he's making bad decisions, just like Nail made bad decisions, and that's why he plays in the KHL now. And yes, he's probably playing somewhere not NHL related in next well, year. Oh, who knows? Like I, the he, he like the best thing for Puliyarvi is to stay in North America. To quote Ken Holland, he says, "Puliyarvi said he does not want to play for the Oilers. I had guys in Detroit say that, but then they played for Detroit. I love that. While others said yeah. it and never played." I have spoken to other teams. There is interest. If I trade him, it will be a trade I feel good about and is in the best interest of our team. If I don't find a deal for Jesse, then he will have to make a decision. I love that. Me yeah. too. And That's you great. know what? I'm starting to get a bit of a sense just listening to guys like Dreger and Rashog talk. He might not be done here. I do think most likely is a trade, but I don't think second on that list is going to Europe. I think second on that list is staying at Edmonton. And there's something to be said when it is a 20-year-old and maybe you don't have the maturity of guys that are later on in their careers, obviously, but I think there's something about if he starts training this summer and, you know, he's doing all his workouts and the middle of August hits and he might go, you know what? I just did all of that training this summer. 
I don't think I think I want to be in the NHL. He's also rehabbing from double. He is. Yeah. I think if they don't find a trade, I think he's back here. And I know it's contrary to everything we hear from the agent and all that. Mm -hmm. But I also think a lot of that is just agent speak trying to force the team a little. And I think there will come a point and I'm hoping too, because like UJ, I'm growing some resentment for Jesse Pugliarvi. But I don't want to because I no, love him I as a player. I love watching him score goals. I want to see him succeed here. Remember when he ate all that pizza? I, w- I, I want him starting right? for the Oilers next season. I really do. But I like like the tough love kind mm. of like Uncle Ken isn't just going to do something for the sake of doing it and just burn an asset like like Shirelli has. He's going to like he's going to stand firm. And if there, there is an actual deal out there that benefits the Edmonton Oilers, he'll do it. But until then, like he's just going to stand pat and try to try to convert the situation into a positive. And at the end of the day, Yesapoliarvi needs to realize he basically is getting a fresh start here. It's a new GM and a new coach. If he wants to get a fresh start in one of the other thirty cities in the league, that's fine. But find me another city or another organization that has one the skilled centerman that the Oilers have who could work with him, and two the opportunities and lack of depth on the wing that the Oilers have. Oh. You won't find one. Anyway, this is a great conversation. We'll continue it in a second, but first got to give some love to the fine folks at Japa Machinery. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Japa Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? Yeah, can't fix stupid, but here at Japa Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Japa Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at JappaMachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. Welcome back. Episode 128 of the Nation Real Life Podcast. Holly Rumchuk. Right next to me, bagged milk across the table. Wanye and uh, Jay, who has an embarrassing step count. Very embarrassing. I just looked at my watch. Uh, it's 4.11 p.m. here on this fine Tuesday, and I'm at 690 steps. Well, we're talking scratch lottery strategies anyways, and uh, your M-Chuck's buying him by the bushel, trying to find 20 spots in there to go on to that market. Channeling my inner Ken Holland now. on No more of the expensive high-end bets for me. I'm keeping it low, only no going to gas stations. $20 Monopoly stick or no. uh, scratch for me? No, only the $2 bingo ones is going to be my new strategy. Um, but I we ended on Puglia Yarvi, and that's kind of where I want to pick up again. We've almost beaten it to death, but... I do honestly believe that if he's not traded, he'll be back here in Edmonton. Do you guys get that growing sense as well, or am I going absolutely insane? I'm I'm hoping that's the case, and uh, you know, there's a history of Ken Holland converting these bad situations to positive, and also they just signed another Finn, so another person to provide some more comfort or insulation around Puliarvi. Well, and, and I feel like the Oilers, part of the decline of the Oilers franchise, Connor notwithstanding, was doing dumb shit like burying Surrey in the minors. Out of like spite, pure and simple, and then lending him to another team. Yeah, and I don't feel like Ken Holland is going to do anything to Puliyarvi out of spite. I no. don't think that he's gonna like be like, you know what? Yes, I'm gonna show you how I got these teardrops in prison, rotten hell. I think a lot of that went goes back to like the ego that some of those old Oilers executives kind of had, like Kevin Lowe. Like, I mean, it was pretty obvious with Kevin Lowe that there was a bit of an ego issue there, and I think that played into it. Um, with Ken Holland, I get the sense that he comes off as very confident and uh, like a, you don't want to fuck with me, but the ego maybe isn't there the way it is with some other hockey executives. Like Brian Burke was another guy. Just when you listen to him talk and like you look back at the whole Dustin Penner thing and all of that, he always struck me as a guy whose ego would almost get in the way of him making smart decisions because 
he just wanted to prove to you that he was right instead of actually doing what was right, if that makes any sort of sense. And I get the I get the idea that Holland is confident, but he won't let that get in the way of making a smart decision. Yeah. I kind of miss the barn fight days. Do you think Mark Bergevin is going to be barn fighting with Don Waddell oh, after that offer Mark sheet? Mark Bergevin. I saw a photo of him. He, he is, is jacked. He's enormous. Holy, he's got pipes. That offer sheet, you know, is going to be forever looked at as laughable. It is. Like, why? Because what's the point? Carolina has essentially privately already offered more money to Ajo. It just wasn't the term that he liked. He wanted five years so it could bring him right to unrestricted free agency, yeah. and then he cashes in. Uh, oh. Right? So he co- they come in at that low. If they really fucking wanted him, they would have signed. They, they should have went for bigger money. They, they, made, they made Carolina's job so easy to have to match that contract. And the idea behind it was, well, the Hurricanes are a cheap organization, and we're gonna, they loaded it up with signing bonus money because now in the next five days, the Hurricanes need to pay Ajo like $12 million. And then like another nine million next July first. He's gonna make twelve million dollars in the next five days. Yeah, he's gonna get. It. He oh, needs to get one single shit. check. It's a bonus. Yeah. Um, and the idea was that like, oh, the Hurricanes are so cheap that that's gonna scare them off having to pay like essentially their gate revenue next year all to one player in the next twelve months. The thing they're forgetting is Tom Dundon has money. Tom Dundon's a rich dude. He threw seven million, seventy million dollars or whatever it was at the Alliance of American Football League. That's how much he lost in his investment over a month. Like it was gone. That guy's got cash. Now, hold on. I'm a, I'm a listener to this podcast. I'm one of 14. What the fuck are you talking about? Back in like February, the Alliance of American Football, that failed startup spring football league. You've never heard never of it? Never heard of it. Talk it about was it. one of those things that was supposed to come up, rival the CFL, be like it was going to operate during the off season of the NFL and give football fans. <laughs> and their, NFL players could play in it? Nope. Oh, so it was non-NFL com- players. It was completely it's like different. Mexican baseball. You can go down Pretty there. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Um, so that league started up and like six weeks into it being in existence, it was like, yeah, they're in really, really bad financial trouble. And the guy who came in to bail them out was Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon. He cut them a check for like $250 million, like instantly to bail them out of their financial problems because they couldn't even pay their players. Two weeks later, it's announced that the league is folding and they're like liquidating their assets, blah, blah, blah. In the end, Tom Dundon got a lot of his money back or the money that he had from investors back. But he still lost like seventy million over the course of like a month or two. Oh. Like that dude has deep pockets. The Hurricanes are it's not the Hurricanes of five, ten years ago where it's like, well, everyone's leaving and we can't afford it because there's eight people watching our games. Yeah. Like they got a big boost this last year. The whole storm surge thing kind of reignited their fan base. Dundon's quotes were also hilarious. He was like they were. to paraphrase, he was just like, You Canadian media think that I can't write a check for twenty million bucks? Well, you're just you're wrong. That's when the guy who's got yeah. deep pockets called talks. His, yeah. yeah, called his bluff. Well, that's the thing. Like, all and, and why would all who sign it? He wanted nine and a half million. Is what he was trying to get. Yeah, I think so, he got enticed by the money up front. And on a five-year deal, I really don't think Carolina was going to give him more than like seven or seven and a half. And the issue is that he doesn't have arbitration rights, so he's kind of at the mercy of the Hurricanes. He would have either had to sit out next year or sign a low-ball offer. This was kind of his way to weasel in and go, you know what? I'm not getting the nine and a half I want, but this is pretty he, close. He's just trying to expedite the process. I bet he you was. he would have got nine million. He's he's he is their best player. He is, and it's <laughs> not even really that close. Um, but you look at it though, in the end of in the end of things, Aho kind of got what he wanted, a five year deal with a pretty good AAV. Carolina had someone else do all of the negotiating for him. Yeah. Like 
Doc Whittle's summer. He even joked about it in his press conference that day. He was like, well, I'm pretty happy now because I can leave and take my summer off instead of spending it all negotiating with his agent. Yeah. So I agree. It was the dumbest thing they could have done. We all wanted an offer sheet, and I don't even think we got an offer sheet. We got a lesson in how not to try offer sheet a player. Because you're right. The system itself is designed to make it so it is tough to go and spend the money for another team's good young star. I understand that Montreal maybe didn't want to pay Aho $10.5 million a year right now. But if you really wanted him, that's kind of what that's you what had, they had to, do. to do. They had to do that. You had so. to pony up the extra first rounder and you had to pay him $10.5 million because yeah. you just made life way too easy for the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, at least Price is only two years into his deal. <laughs> and Speaking of uh, signing bonuses, by the way, sorry to cut you off, Jay. I just want to shout out to our man, Connor McDavid, yesterday. who had a wonderful day with a $13 million deposit in his bank account. Say, what? How? I thought he makes 12 half. His uh, year two of his new contract... Signing bonus for July 1st was 13 million bucks in via two. Puckpedia via our friends at puckpedia.com. So, does that mean he makes no money for the remainder of the year? His salary is 1 million bucks. It's an average, right? So, you can get make more than what your average annual uh, So, he gets 13 million on July 1st every year and then a million bucks no, the rest. Some of years the year. are different. So next year it goes down to it drops to the uh very small total of 12 million dollars. In 2120 21, 22, he gets 13 million again, then 11, then 10, then 7, then 7. Yeah. So our man Connor had a deservedly excellent candidate. Connor, you got to keep it tight. You got to live off that mill and just bank that shit like Shaq did when he was playing. That's the beauty yeah. of living in Edmonton. The cost of living is low. Who are you competing with? The kids at Cactus? They don't have the kind of and smoke you have, Connor. That's the other thing, too. People talk about the tax rates and stuff of playing in a Florida or whatever, but we've discussed that. You get taxed on where you play the game, so it's really only a tax break for like half the season. Coming up to Canada, you still get paid in U.S. dollars. So when you're living here during the season, you're pretty much making 30% more, are you not? Yeah. What That's about the bread man talk- going to the Rangers like that? He, talk about tax rate. He's getting taxed. Well, and you got big smoke, too. Because what, oh, what, yeah. Florida was in on it, right? Florida was in on him, and but what then did they I, offer him. They offer him like ten or something, right? Yeah, Florida was close, but not as much. But the, the effective money, though, yes. in Florida, that no, like that no state tax, it, it 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 truly is an advantage. Like, yeah, it's it's half of his games he is taxed less. Like he he net like if he if they offered him ten million, it'd be the equivalent of being paid twelve million in New York. Just like uh, Bobrovsky, seven yeah. by ten. Yeah. Big yeah, Bobrovsky's living good. That's a that's um, a big mistake. They panicked when Longo retired. Ah, we got to spend some money. Well, I think that was kind of their plan all along, though. Yeah. Is that like, hey, please retire, Lou. Like, get out of here because we want Bob. I think that's kind of their plan. And they just drafted that kid, Spencer Knight, the American, in the first round. So I think the plan here is kind of like four more years of Bob being good. And then the three years where Bobrovsky's contract's really bad, Spencer Knight's going to be in the crease as well. So it won't even be that big of an issue. But what a game, hey? You're like, we're probably, you're going to suck for the last three years of your deal. There's 30 million coming your way. We're not expecting much. And we'll do, I like the, I always like the NHL too, the we'll deal with it then attitude. Yeah. Same thing like with the every contract now, no trade or no movement clause. And it's just like, well, let's hope this works out when in reality, like, all you're really doing with a no trade or no movement clause is being like, we're extra screwed if this deal doesn't work. Like people are complaining, oh, the Oilers gave Mike Smith a no trade clause. Okay, that's a one-year deal though. Yeah. If he's playing really good, they're not going to want to trade him. Yeah. And if he's playing really bad, they're not going to be able to trade him. Yeah, No it's, trade yeah, clauses are so stupid. They, uh, that, uh, it's, that's that's got to get out of the game. That's the, that's the hill to die in as a GM. I think 
you offer money, you offer term, but you don't put these no movement clauses in there. These weird ass bonus structures, which double handicap you. Like if you're yeah, dumb enough yeah. to sign Lucic to a deal that big at the time, it seemed good. You don't need to double down on your stupidity by being unable to trade him. Well, and I also think that if a player asks for a trade, that should void his no trade clause. I agree with that 100 yeah. percent as well. I think there should be none of this ten team list. Blah 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 blah. You either want to be in the city you are in and you committed to by signing a contract, yeah. or you want to be elsewhere and you don't get to pick. And and that's the business of sport. That's that's where you can say the comment that these guys make a ton of money, and they should fucking nut up and go to the team that they got traded to. That's the only time where I would say like when people attack, well, but you're so rich, you shouldn't have any problems. Like this is the one time where I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're, you're a fucking pro. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You go where you get traded to because that's the career you Which is Edmonton for. in this situation. And then it actually brings a little bit more parity in the league where Edmonton now has a shot in all this stuff, right? We have yeah. a shot because of number 97. Well, of course, but now we can help get 97 some new friends. I agree. People always go and you complain about the no trade clauses. They always use the analogy like, well, how would you like it if your job said you had to move to Buffalo? And it's like, okay, well, I'm making X amount of dollars. If my job offered to pay me $8 million to live in Buffalo, I will gladly, I would love Buffalo. Buffalo would be my favorite city in the world. Yeah, but you're a media guy, you're Amtrak. Like, if you were working here in Edmonton, yeah. and then whatever the fuck in Toronto came, it was like, get out here. And that happens all the time. Yeah, it does. You move. You move. If For the gonna... name of the career moving forward, you move. Exactly. And I think that's something that I want to see more in the NHL is just like, it's not like you're being asked to go live there till you're 70. It's for like three years of your contract, eight months a year, for eight yeah. months a year, and then and you're you go on the road half the time, and then you go live in Penticton for the rest of the year, whatever you yeah. want to do in the summer. No, I've got zero time for that. That element, absolutely bang on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the ridiculous contracts, there were a few yesterday. Well, was there one? Me and Bag Milk were talking about this before the podcast. Is there one contract from yesterday that really sticks out? Is just like horrendous. Uh oh. Well, there's there's a couple. I have a few. Well, the one yes, Tanev is a fucking <laughs> mind blowing contract. Did you hear about the yes, Tanev deal? Yes, That's like an un, absolute unknown quantity signed for six years at three and a half million. When you get a chance to sign a fourteen goal man to a six year deal, you got to take it. That is Koskinen-esque. One time, he's done it one. Time. Oh, the bread man, same way. I didn't. I don't know. It's, oh, bread man's proven. But yeah, he's man, second, but... second highest paid player in the league, though. Yeah, but, but, they, got, but is he eighty-three points? But he's proven that he's an elite yeah. player in the game. Second best. Of, you're like, holy shit. Is he worth? Is he should be the second highest paid player in the league to Connor? No. Uh, no. The UFA but I, game is different. Yeah. Right. So you have to kind of factor that in. Um, the star power too. Like yeah. you pay more for Panarin because. The guys who are going to be on his line are going to be better now, and it elevates everyone. Brandon Tanev ain't elevating nobody. No, 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 yeah. no. I agree. I'm just going through the contracts. At the end. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I also, I'm suggesting it's a worse I, contract than Tanev. I also think Bobrovsky's is terrible. Bobrovsky's is her, Myers. You, you is never put that much money in a goalie. Ever. Seriously? Yes. I'm actually seeing I'm oddly okay with the Bobrovsky thing. I'm a Blue Jackets guy, um, so I maybe have a little bit of a bias, but... I love the Blue Jackets, man. And that's and that's fine. Yeah, but but over the last three years, Bobrovsky has the second highest save percentage amongst active goalies and the third highest goals or third but best he's goals battling injury. He's, yeah, he's, he's got a wobbly groin. <laughs> right, right. So and that's that always go to and he's, and he's thirty years old. I don't mind. Sure, I I, I still struggle. Like I would never pay if if you want to have no. Like I don't think you can win a championship with a ten million dollar goalie. But here's my argument. It Find me the last roster. team that won. A Stanley Cup with a bad goalie. You always need. Yeah, someone. but what's tell me what his salary is? Is it ten million? Absolutely not. 
No, but it, hang, it handcuffs the rest of the roster if you're investing that much in a goalie. It does, but I just think there's you can get you can get a goalie who's like, you know, a similar goalie for three to five to six million bucks. You get a guy who's a similar goalie, but might be more inconsistent. Like the Panthers had the cap space and they just shored up the one position. Like Sergei Bobrovsky should give them, in my opinion, barring health, I suppose, but you could say that with almost any, anyone, Bobrovsky should give them four years of starting goalie quality. And the other thing we know about goalies is they can go a little later in their career. Like Luongo was there till he was 40. Yeah, they, 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 they certainly can. And, 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 and I don't disagree, but still it's, t- it's 10 million bucks. If he does, if he does take a step back later on having 10 million bucks tied up in a bad asset, like Price, look at that poor bastard. Well, yeah, we'll see. Price is battling injury. Price is elite level, but still, like, I would not want Carey Price yes. on my team because of his contract. Yeah, and the other thing with goalies is like Milan Lucic is really, really not. He's not worth that six million dollars. He's not a top six player, but at least he's a good fourth line player. The issue I see that with the goalies is if your expensive goalie falls off a cliff. You're they're they're real expensive backup, and they're not making any sort of contribution yeah. anywhere. So. Well, for like Harry Price, he's in year two of his eight year contract yeah. that pays him ten point five. He also got a thirteen million dollar bonus check yesterday. Boing a loing a loing. Shout out to Puckpedia.com for having all that. Info. I wonder if he and Connor text each other. Uh, what you do? Question mark dollar sign. Another bad contract that happened didn't happen yesterday is is, is Kevin Hayes. Yeah, that one is just for a guy who just cracked fifty points for the first time this year to get seven mil. When we look back at this offseason, that will no doubt go down as the worst one. And I don't think there'll ever be a point where Kevin Hayes is like awful, but I just think he's consistently going to be like 40 to 55 points. And you're going to be sitting there being like, man, they paid $7 million for that guy. That's a real ugly one. Um, I didn't love the Donskoy one either. Like when we were talking about possibilities for the Oilers, we were thinking Brett Connolly, Jonas Donskoy, Brandon Tanev. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Two three-year deals at two and a half million dollars for those guys. Like that's what I thought they'd get. Connolly maybe a bit more. Does he Donskoy get four million a season almost? That is just it's insane. What's called Colorado's loading up. They've given themselves a very small window that they're going to try to pounce on because they are fucking loading up right now. Well, they're just they're, and, and and they're leveraging the fuck out of that McKinnon contract. They are. I've said it before. Nathan McKinnon. That's the best contract in the league. Kick his agent in the nuts every single day because well, he had a bad up. year. Like they, they he, should, he shouldn't have signed then. He, he should have waited. Signed a long term deal, man. Like he shouldn't have signed then. But hey, good on Sackick or well, yeah, it's probably Sackick. I didn't like the, the trade he made with Toronto though. Maybe we can get into that a little bit. The Tyson Berry at fifty percent retained. That's insane. Like, well, why is Jeff Sackick helping Toronto out? Like, come on. I know. And, and Alex Kerfoot has better defensive metrics than Nazem Kadri. He's played two years in the league, and each year he's put up 40 points. Like, that's a... But Kadri's like a 60-70 point guy, right? He did it twice. He scored back-to-back 30-goal seasons when he was the Leafs' second-line center. But still, a 60-70 point centerman for a 24-year-old 40-point centerman who will probably, presumably, only get better... And Tyson Berry, who I think is like a top 10 right shot defenseman in the league, at 50% retained, the Leafs are paying him 2.75 mil. And I understand that Barry's contract is up and all of that. But in the here and now, Toronto won that trade hands down. It's not even close. Dubis is doing we'll it. We'll see. Col- like, like, if, if Colorado goes deep next year, well, then what they did was right. Yeah. and that's Because they signed Burakowski. They've got Donskoy. They're now actually not going to be so reliant on one line. I'm, I'm just... I really fucking hope Burakovsky doesn't pop off next year because god damn it, we should have had that guy. You're gonna be pissed. Fucking rattled. There were like there were a lot of chances for the Oilers to get a 
maybe not an impact forward, but a safe-ish bet out there. Like we talked about Eric Holland. We talked about guys like Andre Burakovsky. There were opportunities out there. And I don't know. You never you never know what the asking price was for the Oilers because that could always be something different. Vegas could have been willing to get less for Halla if it meant he went out east because yeah. it was what, like a third or a fourth yeah. and some terrible prospect yeah. for Halla. Whereas from the Oilers, they might have been like, it'll be Jesse in a second, please. Well, then Burakovsky. Yeah. East West. He it's went for a second. And then and, a and third, then we right? gotta and then if we needed more salary, you have to think we can get rid of Russell if we wanted to. I don't think they could have, and I think they would have done that if they could have. I think if someone out there would have been willing to take Russell completely off their hands, or even Russell at a mill retained, I think they would have done that before they bought out Sekera. Well, there's still lots of off season left, so there is. Ken Holland's gonna think outside the box, just like a fresh suit that you'll get from our friends at Indochino. Tyler, you like that one? Yeah, that was really good. I didn't see it coming till the last second, so it was Thank good. You. Just this weekend, I saw our uh, friend, Chris, the former intern, wearing his fresh Indochino suit at a wedding he was at in Kananaskis. He looked sharp. He did. He got to bust out his why doesn't the bicycle stand up joke, revealing the punchline within, the customized inside. So what you need to do is you need to head on over to Indochino.com, get yourself measured up using their online tools, or head on into one of their showrooms, Get yourself the suit of your dreams. Customize that, baby. I like Chris. He went with the kangaroos on the inside. He did. I went with uh, the pink, po- uh, not pink, purple with white polka dots. I assume you wore your suit all day yesterday to celebrate the birth of our nation. Uh, no, it was. Uh, I did not for the pure fact that I wanted to keep it safe. I was. I was being. Oh, uh, so cocktails to be had. Cocktails to be had. I was being like. Uncle Ken Holland to my suit and protecting it like it's like he is protecting me. And Indochino wants to protect you by making you look your best. The way it works is you measure yourself up 10 minutes or less, put customize everything you want on that suit. And then within two to three weeks, you will get a wrinkle free, sexy suit right out of the box delivered to your house. Head on over to Indochino.com to get the details or swing by any of their many showrooms. If you're here in Edmonton, West Edmonton Mall. Head on down there. Start the process today with our friends at Indochino. I'm going to be heading to West Edmonton Mall in the next few hours for the Brick Invitational Hockey Tournament. Maybe you might want to get yourself a suit. Be doing more announcing. Yeah, that actually would be a good idea. That's what I'm saying, my friend. You're going to look sharp out there. Some of these kids at this hockey tournament, by the way, it's absolutely nuts. Like, if you have a spare day, just go down and watch. The kids are like, for 10-year-olds, man, they just like walk in over the blue line, sling it back, like, firing at top shelf it's insane and i was looking like the 2011 year from the brick those kids were draft eligible this year every single team had like two or three guys that got drafted like high it's insane yeah it's amazing the that 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 tournament and exactly the level of hockey that's at it or the people that come out of it very cool that it's an edmonton thing yeah very very cool on the whole event like playing in the middle of a mall like explaining that to someone who would have never heard of it before like very very weird um you mentioned a couple of seconds ago, bagged milk. You said there's still lots of summer left. So I wanted to go around and get everyone's thoughts on what are your expectations for the Oilers for the rest of this summer, or do you just have no more? No, I've got some. I've got some. Big Rig's coming back. You think so? And Lucic is getting out. That's What's the, the only way that Lucic? dynamic works. So if we're actually aggressively pursuing Big Rig, which is what we're hearing, that means Lucic is going to yeah, where Those know. two can't coexist, right? No, they can't. It's not healthy. What do you think is the Lucic? Is it just Lucic for Erickson? 
something of that ilk. I really pray to baby McJesus that it's Lucic for James Neal. If that happened, that Can would be unreal. Can you imagine unreal. the first Battle of Alberta next year where it's Mike Smith and James Neal on the Oilers and Lucic and Talbot on the Flames? I was yes, saying it and up, we're better? Yeah, I was saying it upstairs. It'd be hilarious to watch Lucic and Mike Smith fight, but in the reverse jerseys. That'd be nice. Yeah. Change of pace. Yeah. I just don't understand why Calgary would want to trade James Neal. Yeah. I, well, I know. I it's yeah. Like I'm that's wishful thinking. It's we probably in a perfect world you get rid of Lucic for nothing, but I don't know what the hell you have to what the price tag on that is. It seems like the price tag for cap space is worth more than actual players right now. Yeah, like well, because what did Toronto give up to get Marlowe off the books? A first a rounder first. and a, a conditional pick? Or? No, just a first. What was that? Sorry. Um, uh, Toronto traded Marlowe just to get the cap oh, space off Carolina, Carolina, and then they Carolina bought him out. For a first round, but that cost him a first round pick, and he had one year left at six mil. Yeah. And he's still a useful player, and he still is a well, he's better than Lucic. Yeah. So, can you imagine what the price would be to get some poor organization? Like, no, it's impossible. Like Lucic, straight up gone away, will never happen. It needs to be for a bad deal. If Lucic for Neil was ever on the board, I would pray that the Oilers jump all over that. I know some people still value, you know, the intangibles that Luch brings and all that. But at the end of the day, if you can get a useful player from him, you can get guys with those intangibles, Ryan Reeves, that type, for a lot less than six mil. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping Big Rig comes back because we know our boy Con Con loves him. And uh, Luch is out. If that makes Connor happy, you bring back Pat Maroon, right? <laughs> right now, it's all about keeping that guy happy. The, the Maroon thing worries me. Like, if you get rid of Lucic, then I'm game for it. Even if it's Lucic for Erickson, then I'd be like, all right, use that extra money to go get Maroon. But if Lucic is here, I know the off-ice issues are one thing, but even put those aside, I don't think you can slow down your lineup that much. Jujar Kara doesn't have the best speed in the world. Alex Chason doesn't move particularly well. Lucic obviously doesn't move well. Brodziak doesn't move well. What about Joaquin the Rocket Nygaard? Okay, but I think you need more guys like that, and no, Maroon might just slow you down a lot more. That's why I'd be hesitant to bring back the big rig, although it would be a great story, I suppose. But you can put the gonna... big rig. You can actually put the big rig on Connor's line, so then that that insulates yeah. his 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 speed deficiencies. Where Luch, you can't, so you're you expose it even more. So yeah, I I'm with it. It can it can't be both. Can't be here. It's one or the other. I choose big rig. Wouldn't it be amazing to look at Uncle Ken? Look at his board. See, because yesterday in his press conference, he talked about wanting to bring another guy in who has the potential to score 20 goals. Who are you fishing for, old Dutch? I want to know. Well, that, that could be Pat Maroon. Could he's, be. He scored 27 with us. Could be. I think I think he's eyeing the trade market, and I think we're just kind of – it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we'll see some sort of trade here with the winger coming back. Um, I got a piece that's going to be dropping Wednesday morning on OilersNation.com. Uh, some teams who are tight up against the cap who maybe might be looking to make some deals. Vegas is one. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikita Gusev. Have you heard that name before, Wanya? Nikita, no, sir. Well over a point per game the last two years in the KHL. Maybe not Panarin level, but Panarin light. A guy who a lot of people think will just step into the NHL next year and score 50, 60, 65 points. Um, Vegas does not have the money to keep him. But Darren Dreger today saying he might ask for like $5 million a year on his first contract in the league. So that's a little tight, but... Vegas is up against the cap. Toronto is still up against the cap. I wonder if they can't snag a winger from there still. I'm holding out hope for someone like Kapanen, Janssen, or maybe even the newly acquired Kerfoot. Or what about Pittsburgh? There's rumors that Pittsburgh kind of wanted Yesapulia Yarvi. Would you guys be down for 
Yessa Pulyarvi for Brandon or sorry Brian Rust. Got a little sandpaper. <laughs> uh, he scores yes. 15 goals a year. Like on Pittsburgh, he's used to playing with skill as well. As I think that's kind of the deal for Pulyarvi. You might be looking at is a guy who maybe doesn't have that 30 goal ceiling. Yeah. But uh, the Oilers benefit from getting a proven 15 goal guy. A back. contributing roster player is yeah. what we uh, is what if we're trading Pulyarvi has to come back. I'd also like to see the Oilers fishing for what else Pittsburgh's got because Rutherford seems to have lost his mind right now. Yeah, he just appears to be an absolute idiot. Maybe they need Lucic. They could use some swagger. Protect Sid. He's getting old. Yeah. Kessel's off the books. Kessel is off the books. They only have $1.5 million in cap space right now, even with Kessel off the books. Like That TANF deal, just when you look at their depth chart and see how many wingers they have, like... Dominic Cahoon, Dominic Simone, uh, Jared McCann was playing top six for him last year. Zach Aston Reese plays top six for a few moments as well. Jake Gensel's in there, and then they still have Galchenyuk. And then oh, yeah, you they're... still felt the need to go get Brandon Tanev. On top of all that, it just... What about man. Luch for Jack Johnson? <laughs> Pittsburgh can't afford that. Well, what are they, aren't they paying Jack Johnson like five and a half? 3.2. Oh. Yeah, he's not that bad. It's the term on him is ridiculous. He has like five more years. Mm. He just needs money. I hope he gets it. It's not it now. It'll be all right now. Lots yeah. of possibilities, though. Um, Canada Day on Monday. You guys were talking about a big. Do we want to get to the Japa thing afterwards? Japa hosted us for a Canada Day party. It was amazing. Thank you, Marin, and the team at Japa for hosting us. Oh yeah, we're just not <laughs> going to talk about how Sean put on a oh yeah, yeah. With the ukulele no, that's another later story for because he time. made me swear he would never tell anybody. Yeah. So I totally didn't just tell the podcast that. <laughs> Getting back to Pittsburgh, did you read the thing about how somebody wrote an article like exposing Kessel? And oh, saying like, yeah, was it Simmons? Yeah, that was a He's few years ago in Toronto, around. right? No, no, when no. You wrote about the hot dog thing? No, 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 no. This oh. was talking about how Kessel's gambling all the time. Whoa. You didn't read that? No. Oh, I read it on Twitter. Okay, so qualifier. It might be, but it, it seemed to have been from somebody. I think Pittsburgh's upset that because it, there's he, an expose. The World, World Series of Poker or something. There's an expose about how he was gambling all the time, mm. including on game nights. Okay. And he was bringing players from the Penguins with him. Uh-huh. And that came out, and then the next day he got dealt. So there was like, it was breaking loose in Pittsburgh for for Kessel the other day. I mean, I, I haven't read anything about that, but it would make sense as that there was like behind the scenes reasons why Pittsburgh wanted to move him because they didn't get a lot for him. Six point eight million dollar cap hit. Then they bring in Galchenyuk, who's a lesser player, no doubt, albeit younger, but he's still a four point nine million dollar cap hit, and he's a free agent next year. So it would make sense that Somebody there were behind the scenes expose, reasons. Yeah, that, that uh, Kessel wasn't fitting in. And, and the quotes after from Phil Kessel being like, I don't know what Jim Rutherford's talking about. I never asked for a trade, blah, blah, blah. I would believe that there was some bad blood there. Mm-hmm. He seems a little salty, like Phil Kessel. Yeah, he's got all kinds of skill that I, yeah, I can see him being a little salty. He's a misunderstood artist. But he's going back to the Phil Kessel whisper, Rick Tockett. That's what they call him. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, he'll be good there. I just it's love a that weird he's a trade, though. Why would you trade? Like, Elchenyuk's like, still got a lot of youth on his side. Like, or is Galchenyuk a bad egg? Like, he's been moving around he's a lot in a, now, yeah. in a short order of time. Really I just love that Kessel is a thick boy, but he can still fly. I love that. I love athletes that don't look like athletes. Yeah, like, like usually you can tell, like, when you see, like, you know, Darnell Nurse, Leon Dreisaitl, they just, like, almost have that presence about them. I get the sense that if Phil Kessel walked into Little Brick right now and sat down, not a lot of people would really be, like, running up to him and like, whoa, are you a pro Yeah, and I'd be like, sorry, bitch, we don't have any hot dogs. Ugh. <laughs> Get out of here, Kessel. Gambler. Delicious barbecues here, though. I'm sure Phil Kessel gets down on the barbecue. Actually, oh, yeah. I do have hot dogs. Really? I'll take that slap back. 
barbecues here four days a week, man. The other move that the Oilers made the other day was bringing back the Hammer Drew Jarkera on a two-year deal. Why do you call him the Hammer? I don't know. Why do you guys call him the Hammer? <laughs> Flip that back onto you really awkwardly. Uh, I've heard stories of him in the shower. Anyways, <laughs> enough on in the shower talk on Jujar. Good move for the on-ice product. I feel like he's the guy who's maybe struggled these last few years, but has a breakout season somewhere in him. I already he's good in the shower. <laughs> shower game is strong. Uh, ice game, up and coming. Uh, no, I love Jujar. I do too. I like Last year he played... Man, the line I really loved him on last year was when he played with Nuge and Poliarvi. Yeah. I really love that. And I think that Juge has the ability to create some space. He's a big man. Mm-hmm. He can swing the fists if he wants to. A lot of hammer references there. A lot of hammer references. He's got weight to him, man. He's yeah. got girth. And a hell of a beard, too. He's perfectly manicured all the time. He's packing. Good <laughs> skater. What? <laughs> no uh, it was a low risk move though i feel like he has been a guy who's kind of struggled with consistency and injuries though but if he's in the lineup on a regular basis and i'm i i agree with you there was that two-week run where him yesa and nugent hopkins like were really really strong together and then he got hurt and then it just never came back together but i'm excited to see what he does this year he's got excellent balance as a tripod yeah. okay. i also have a signed jujar kara jersey that's is it authentic it's authentic. You got the groin reinforcements? <laughs> you can tell we're it's right at the, the end groin. of the podcast. <laughs> what are you, new to the show, your M-Check, with all your specialism? Ordinarily, we'd be talking about rails. nuts and bongs. <laughs> your M-Check is extremely uncomfortable right now. We've One day we're going to have Jujar on this podcast, and you guys are going to bring that up to him in person, right? Oh, sure. yeah, for sure. 100%. Slap that baby on the table. <laughs> That's right. Here, gang. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. We're going to record it in a sauna. All right. Well, this episode was great because it was a ton of nerd <laughs> talk. Um, up until the Jujar Hammer talk, it was a lot of salary cap stuff. And you guys know I love that. So I appreciate that you guys <laughs> played along for an hour with uh, talking about the free agency moves and all of that jazz. Um, fantastic as always. Is Chalmers back next week? Well, only he knows. He's a moving target. Yeah. Mm. But we a, might have a guest next week. We might. We so don't want we to might not keep hard. it on the DL. Yeah, let's, just... let's not tell Chalmers a winkity wink. Well, we know we can Chalmers. blow up Chalmers' game through this podcast. Sure. We uh, let everyone know he was drinking Red Bull again and got back to his wife, which well, we strongly encourage. That is just a good gag. That was Chalmers hilarious. getting ratted on regularly now for drinking Red Bulls. It's yeah. funny. Yeah, so now we want to keep a secret with all of you. Don't tell Chalmers that there's a podcast next week because we have a guest. Potentially. 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 We're week. not. Potentially next week. Maybe we're Chalmers is our guest. guest. He's we're been away so long. Jay, Bag Milk, Wanye, thank you guys. Thank you to tuning in. Episode 128 of the Real Life Podcast is over. Excuse me there. I just lost my trend of thought. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.